Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah. Stick around for some hope healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is August 30th, 2021, and I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about Rosh Hashanah, also known as Yom Teruah, and... I really do want to dive in because there's so much to get into. I'm really hoping to be able to get everything I need to on this episode into one episode. However, there's a lot going on with Yom Teruah, which is hilarious because if you look and join me in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 to 25, that's where you'll find the first conversation about Yom Teruah. It says, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, speak to Benai Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a Shabbat rest, a memorial of blowing shofarot, a holy convocation. You are to do no regular work and you are to present an offering made by fire to Adonai. Short and sweet. Not that much going to it. Obviously, this is the celebration that most people um, associate the shofar blast Um to it. Hopefully you can hear this. I'm going to just play a, a short little clip of what a shofar sounds like. That's a short little clip. And I had a really hard time trying to figure out exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say when it came to this particular feast, because it has been for lack of a better term, mutilated. Um, It's very reminiscent to Christmas and Easter, which makes it very much a fine line on where I should go and where my focus should be on. Um, The truth of the matter that all these feasts, we should be focusing on Adonai, on Yeshua. Um, And when we're not doing that, we get sidetracked and... This is where we end up having different denominations because we can't agree on things. But I think one thing we can agree on is the fact that Rosh Hashanah was something that was not, is not somewhere you could find, you can't find Rosh Hashanah in the Bible anywhere. You can't find it. It's not there. Um, Rosh Hashanah means new year or head of the year. Yom Teruah is the feast of trumpets and the day of shouting or noise. And I just want to let you know really quick. Um, just like Christmas and Easter, the roots of Rosh Hashanah are rooted in pagan tradition. Um, when the when the Jewish people were taken from their homes and taken into captivity um, in Babylon, unfortunately, like we as believers do now, we tend to take on things of different cultures and make them our own. Just as we've, we've spoken before, there are good traditions and there are bad traditions. And I think it's really a uh, spiritual battle and really having discernment and wisdom and knowledge to know what is a good tradition, what is a bad tradition. Um, that being said, not all of the Rosh Hashanah traditions are bad, um, but not all of them are good either. And I think it's good for us to remember and recognize um, that Rosh Hashanah is not biblical. Um, but I do want to just kind of read this to you really quick. I got it off of uh, nehemiaswall.com. This is uh, by Nehemia Gordon, if you're not familiar with him. He's actually not a believer. He's a Jewish man who does a lot of um, research in uh, Messianic 
things. Um, he's, he's very intellectual and knowledgeable. Um, so I would just check him out. He's very interesting. I don't obviously agree with everything he has to say, but one thing he wrote is, um, one field of Babylonian religious influence was in the observance of Yom Teruah as a New Year's celebration. From very early times, the Babylonians had a lunar solar calendar very similar to the biblical calendar. The result was that Yom Teruah often fell out on the same day as the Babylonian New Year's festival of Akitu. The Babylonian Akitu fell out on the first day of Tishri, which coincided with Yom Teruah on the first day of the seventh month. When Jews started calling the seventh month by the Babylonian name Tishri, it paved the way for turning Yom Teruah into a Jewish Akitu. At the same time, the rabbis did not want to adopt Akitu outright, so they Judaized it by changing the name of Yom Teruah, Day of Shouting, to Rosh Hashanah, New Year's. The fact that the Torah did not give a reason for Yom Teruah no doubt made it easier for the rabbis to proclaim it the Jewish New Year's. It is outright bizarre to celebrate Yom Teruah as New Year's. This biblical festival falls out on the first day of the seventh month. However, in the context of Babylonian culture, this was perfectly natural. The Babylonians actually celebrated Akitu, New Year's, twice every year. Once on the first of Tishri, and again six months later on the first of Nisan. The first Babylonian Akitu celebration coincided with Yom Teruah, and the second Akitu coincided with the actual New Year's in the Torah on the first day of the first month. While the rabbis proclaimed Yom Teruah to be the New Year's, they still recognized that the first day of the first month in the Torah was, as its name implied, also a New Year's. They could hardly deny this based on Exodus 12.2, which says, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It is first of the months of the year. So in my effort to try so very hard in my life and every aspect, I don't always succeed to not be a hypocrite. I wanted to share that information because it's one of the reasons I have officially been doing this podcast for a year now. And it's actually one of the reasons I did not do a podcast on Rosh Hashanah slash Yom Teruah last year because it's so controversial and so difficult to wrap your head around. I've been spending the last three hours delving in to the word of God and to what different commentators say online. And let me tell you, there is a whole lot of opinions and it's open to interpretation because it's actually not really mentioned that often in the Bible. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm uh, so basically I'm going to try and keep my focus on Yom Teruah because that's where Adonai wants our focus to be on, not so much on the extra stuff, which um, isn't bad, but um, is Rosh Hashanah and what we do in the, for that celebration. Um, I will also let you know that our congregation, they call it Rosh Hashanah. So I don't necessarily agree with that either, which is hilarious because my husband's the one in charge of it um, as of this year. Um, so I don't know if maybe someday we might change the name back to Yom Teruah the way that the Bible tells us to. But um, I'm looking forward to that day. So the commandment to celebrate this appointed time. I do want you to know that I got my information from a website called setapartpeople.com from hoshanaraba.org and also from my go-to a complete guide to celebrating our messiah in the festivals by susan mortimer which is that book that i always am looking at so instead of partpeople.com 
It says Yom Teruah is the fifth Moed, or appointed time, in the annual cycle of Moedim, so appointed times. We are given very little details on how to celebrate this feast, which I think is where the danger is and how we ended up with Rosh Hashanah because they're like, you know, what? we like this idea of a new year, so let's add that to this because there's not too much said about this particular feast. Um, the feast is celebrated on the first day of Tishri, the seventh month. This day being the first of the month is also Rosh Kodesh. Yom Teruah is, for this reason, known as the day no one knows. For we only know when to celebrate the feast once the new month is declared. We know from the commandments in Leviticus 23 that this day is a Sabbath. We are therefore not to do any laborious work on this day. We are to have a holy convocation and make a lot of noise. So Leviticus 23, 23 uh, to 25 says, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, speak to Benai Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you are to have a Shabbat rest, a memorial of blowing shofars, a holy convocation. You are to do no regular work and you are to present an offering made by fire to Adonai. The only other place you'll find it in the Torah where they explicitly talk about it is in Numbers 29 verses 1 through 6. And it says, on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a sacred assembly. You are to do no laborious work. It is for you a day for sounding the shofar. You are to prepare a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to Adonai. One young bull from the herd, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, without flaw. With their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah with the bull, two-tenths with the ram, and one-tenth with each of the seven lambs. As well as one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for yourselves. Also offer the burnt offering for the month with, with its grain offering, the regular burnt offering with its grain offering, and their appropriate drink offerings as a pleasing aroma to Adonai as an offering by fire. I do want to remind you that when they do talk about these different sacrifices uh, that they are to give up, uh, we are no longer to do these sacrifices. There is no temple in Jerusalem. Um, therefore, we cannot do these sacrifices. And Yeshua is our sacrifice, sacrificial lamb. So he is our um, he is our sacrifice. And he's already sacrificed his life for us. So just wanted to throw that out there in case there's anyone saying, oh, she must be doing this in her backyard. I'm not. Um, 40 days of repentance. This is also a Jewish tradition, not necessarily... Um, commanded, but we, um, it's not a bad thing. The scripture declares Yom Teru to be a day of blowing or shouting. It is a day when we should take stock of our spiritual condition and make the necessary changes. Yom Teru can thus be seen as a day of introspection and repentance. According to Jewish tradition, like I said, the entire preceding month of Elul, which is the month we're in right now, takes on a significance of its own. They stress that the 40-day period from the first day of Elul through the 10th day of Tishri, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, was to be a time of sp special spiritual preparation. This is based on the belief that it was on the first of Elul that Moses ascended Mount Sinai in order to receive the second set of stone tablets and that he descended on Yom Kippur. Is this a practice we should follow? There's no harm in doing introspection and repentance, but we are to remember that it is not commanded. We are not to add to the commandments or take away from it. And I think that's probably the most important thing uh, to note. Like, you know, look, we're not commanded to do this, but it's really not a bad thing to um, do introspection and repent. 
we all need to do that from time to time and at the very least once a year. So, prophetic fulfillment. For believers in Yeshua the Messiah, Yom Teruah has become a festive time which is both celebratory and prophetic, pointing to Yeshua the Messiah's return. The purpose of this moed, or appointed time, can also be summed up in one word, regathering. Since the fall holidays call us to regather to a pure faith in Adonai, the prophetic theme looks for the future day when the regathering will occur under Yeshua the Messiah. Prophetically, we are reminded of Adonai's promise to regather and restore his chosen people Israel in the last day. Do we have to sound a trumpet on Yom Teruah? Sounding a shofar or a trumpet on Yom Teruah is a tradition. It is not commanded by scripture. The word trumpet was inserted in the text. The literal translation would be to shout. Thus, Yom Teruah is a day of shouting. It would, however, not be wrong to sound a shofar on this day. If it was a shofar blast, then the shofar blast would correspond to great sound of the shofar in Matthew 24, 31. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. So for those of you who don't happen to have a shofar on hand, that's okay. Use your voice. Genesis 22:13 speaks of the substitute, the ram caught in the thicket. It is a shadow of our substitute, Yeshua, who was sacrificed instead of us. The horn of an animal speaks of strength and victory. When we blow on the horn of the substitute, we declare his victory and his might. So when we blow on the shofar, we declare his victory over Hasatan and every plan of the kingdom of darkness. Now, another tradition, which I don't know is either good or bad, is called Tashlik. It's another Jewish tradition. It's not found in scripture. It's a ceremony known as Tashlik, which means cast off. It symbolizes the shedding of one's sins. On the afternoon of Yom Teruah, observant Jews congregate near a body of water, typically flowing water, to recite the Tashlik prayer. The brief Tashlik prayer is composed of several Hebrew scriptures, which I'm not reading all of them to you. I will tell them to you so you can write them down and check them out yourself. You can find where this uh, Tashlik prayer is found uh, mixed together, I guess, Micah chapter 7, 18 through 20, Psalm chapter 118, 5 through 9, Psalm 33, Psalm 130, and often Isaiah 11, verse 9, Proverbs 1, verse 10, Psalm 103, verse 12, Isaiah 43, 25. Those can also be read. The ceremony itself takes its name from the Hebrew scripture in the prayer. You will cast, Tashlik, all of your sins into the depths of the sea, Micah 7:19. After the prayer, worshipers will often shake their pockets or cast breadcrumbs into the water. This action symbolically rids them of clinging sins so that their sins may be carried away and remembered no more. Obviously, this is a tradition. You do not need to do this. If you want to do it, go ahead and do it. So, Yom Teruah is known among the Jewish people as Rosh Hashanah. We've already discussed that, right? It literally means head of the year. However, this designation was not applied to this feast until at least 1,500 years after the institution of the appointed day. 
It is never known by that name in scripture. How do we apply this? Israel's repentance is one of the chief purposes of the day of Adonai. Israel's king will not return to her until she is ready to receive him. Tragically, unrepentant Israel, along with the Gentiles, will suffer the fury of Adonai's wrath, wrath before she's willing to say, Baruch haba Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Adonai, which is Psalms 118.26. But the concept of repentance is far more basic to Adonai's word than just its connection to prophecy. Repentance is required of all people. Repentance is a life, life and death principle in scripture. Now, in the biblical calendar, the visible sighting of the crescent new moon always marks the beginning of the month and is announced by the shofar blast, which you can find in Psalms chapter 81, verse 3. Likewise, on the first day of the seventh month of the biblical calendar, the arrival of the new moon, called Rosh Kodesh, when the shofar sounds, marks the beginning of Yom Teruah. This is the first day of the fall festival harvest season and is the time when the call goes out for the spiritual drowsy to awake and to hear the voice of Adonai, to be invigorated by the breath or voice of the shofar, which is symbolic of Adonai's prophetic word or oracle going forth across the earth in the last days. The ram's horn, the shofar, is bent into a curved shape to represent the contrite heart of both the blower and the hearer. This is the season for the righteous to bend their hearts in humility and contrition before Adonai and repent of spiritual lassitude and lukewarmness and to awake to spiritual action and preparation. For the fall feasts point to awesome end time events that will occur at some point in time in the near future. It is a time to be refreshed by the breath of Adonai and a time of new beginnings let Adonai breathe on you, revive you, and empower you as you enter into the fall biblical festival season, and as you prepare to meet your king and redeemer, Yeshua, in the air. Yom Teru also begins a season that prophetically speaks of war and battle. We're seeing that now, aren't we? We're seeing what's going on um, in Afghanistan. This past week, there was um, a bombing that killed... Um, American military. And obviously that's very near and dear to my heart because my husband, he did three tours in Afghanistan. Um, so he knows these people and he's aware of the land because he's been there. And so um, to say that our government has failed our people is kind of an understatement in this situation, but um, there's a reason this is happening now. There's a reason it's happened during this season. We need to be prepared that this is going to happen, especially in the last days. It's preparing us for the war and battle that's to come. In ancient times, the shofar was a weapon of warfare in Israel, and it will be used again as such in the end times. It was used to call Israel to battle, to defeat her enemies with the help of Adonai. The shofar was then used to proclaim victory after the battle was won and to worship Adonai who had given them the victory. The battle against Israel's enemies still rages on, even in the end times. Today, the enemies of the redeemed Israelites are mostly spiritual. They are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hasatan. 
Through faith in Yeshua the Messiah who defeated death, hell, and the grave, we can have victory over mortality, sin, the devil, Hasatan, and this world. As we hear the sound of the shofar calling us to arise from spiritual slumber, Adonai is telling his people to become overcomers so that they may be worthy to partake of the glories of his eternal kingdom. This is such an important time for us to become prepared if we're not already prepared, which I could, I would argue none of us are prepared, um, especially in the West. Um, we have become numb and have gotten uh, accustomed to our Christian lives and how good we have it. And I think that we need to wake up. It's time for us to wake up, oh, oh you sleepers, and rise up. And the shofar's blowing is a call to awaken us out of spiritual sleep, lethargy, stagnation, slumber, and to repent of sin. No man knows the day or the hour of the new moon's arrival each month, though one who is alert certainly can know the season and year. So the human tendency is to grow weary in waiting and to grow slack in one's obedience to Adonai's righteous commands. Yet when the new moon is sighted and the shofar sounds, this is a signal for the slumbering to awake, for hope to arise, renewal and spiritual revival to occur, an action to be taken to put off sin and to draw closer spiritually to Adonai. The awakening sound of the shofar blast is the Hebrew word teruah. You could see that in Leviticus 23, 24, and Numbers 29, 1, which we already discussed, where the phrase blowing of trumpets is teruah, which means the shout or blast of war, alarm, alarm of war, war cry, signal, and sound of tempest. Teruah derives from the Hebrew root word ruah, meaning alarm, signal, sound, or blast of the shofar to raise a shout. The name Yom Teruah could therefore have several literal meanings. The day of the shout, the day of the war alarm, or the day of the shofar blast. When we understand the significance of this day from a biblical understanding, we realize that Yom Teruah is a day of shouting with exultant joy or as a shriek in alarm. Or a day of shofar blowing. Shofars were blown in biblical times to rally the people together, to alert the people in time of war, to warn the people, or as an instrument along with shouts to express the people's joy or to praise Adonai. Yom Teruah prophetically involves all these concepts, for it is a day when Adonai's people will shout with joy as they gather to meet Yeshua in the air after having been bodily resurrected at the sound of the last shofar blast. But it is also a time of alarm and shrieking on the part of the wicked as a time of war and terror brought on by the judgments of Adonai, and they are about to come upon the earth. Additionally, Yom Teru is a day of new beginnings of re or renewal to wake up from lethargy and slumber, to be broken out of that sleepy comfort zone state and to be awakened to action. Remember the 10 virgins of Matthew 25 who slept in anticipation of the bridegroom's arrival. When the shout went forth that he was coming, they were all awakened. Some were prepared to go into the marriage supper of the bridegroom and some were not. Our bridegroom is Yeshua.
we need to remember Yeshua is our bridegroom. And remember what Yom Teruah means. Don't get sidetracked by what the world says it is. Look to the scriptures and see what it says. Now, during our celebration of Yom Teruah in our congregation, we do uh, three three different, well, four different types of sounds. The takiyah, which is one long blast, which is a call to wake up and search our hearts. Shevarim is three short blasts, the groaning of our hearts when we realize our wrong ways. Teruah, which is nine staccato blasts, are sobs as we seek God's forgiveness. Takiyah Gedalah, I probably butchered that, I apologize. One blast sustained as long as possible, calling us to turn back to God's ways. It's so important for us to remember who our hope is and to remember that these feasts point back to Yeshua. The spring feast he has fulfilled, the fall feast he will fulfill. And it's just a great time of remembering that and remembering who our hope is in and who we can call on. Remember, who can we call on? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, the shofar call of Messiah's return. Now we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, so with him God will also bring those who have fallen asleep in Yeshua. For this we tell you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the blast of God's shofar. And the dead of Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left behind, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to leave you with that encouragement. Um, for any questions or something else that you want me to delve more into, especially with this feast, um, there you literally could probably spend a whole year um, doing research on just this particular feast. Um, next week, I will be talking about Yom Kippur because it is the next feast that is celebrated 10 days after um, Yom Teruah. And I hope that I encouraged you, but also gave you a little bit of a background of what Rosh Hashanah actually is and means. Um, we also do things, you know, typically the traditional foods are gourds and carrots and apples and honey um, because we are rejoicing in what the Lord has provided for us um, in um, our renewing. Um, there are some really great recipes out there. You probably would have to type in Rosh Hashanah, not Yom Teruah. To find them, but I would really encourage you to delve into the word and delve into these different studies who speak about what these different feasts mean because there's so much in it. And doing even a 30 minute podcast, which typically I do 20, but a 30 minute podcast, I cannot begin to scrape the surface. So, really, I encourage you do your own study on this. Do not leave it to people like me to do it for you. Do your own study so that you may show yourself approved. And I just want to encourage you to have a great week. Um, I know this past week has been difficult for a lot of us, um, especially those of us who 
our military affiliated. Um, but you know what? God is in control. And uh, we need to remember that, especially during these times of trials and tribulation. So as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Have a blessed week, everyone. I will see you again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on Anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.